each other there's a ghost in tess's house right now apparently <laughs> it's weird i don't hear it like and if i take my headphones off i can't hear that little white noise but then when i put my headphones on it's there yeah so. I, don't know. I don't know um so i just want to jump in real quick and say mel i need to know about this cat that you're getting oh, i'm getting a Maine coon have you ever heard of them a what a Maine coon, a Maine coon? it is no, it's a it's a it. cat that's the size of a small child it's yeah, like a it's bobcat, like, basically. Like, they get up to like, they can get up to twenty five pounds. So they, like, if you pick them up, they're like they're oh, gigantic. They're gigantic. So so, but I had to get on a wait list and try to find one. It was a big ordeal just to track one down. It's main. Oh my god! Do you see how big they are? They're like little baby lions. Look at that! No. I know. That's fucking huge. That scares me. If I walked in a house and saw a cat that big, I would just leave. I'd be like, nope, I can't do it. I'd just be worried, like, just to go to sleep. <laughs> right, because it's going to lay on you and take your yeah. breath. Well, how big are their shits? Is my, am I scooping this oh, out of a litter box? Like, what's- well, we have, I have two cats already, a brother and a sister. And I think we made the mistake of getting the cats together. Yes, that's what his dad looks oh like. I actually got, when I went there, she was like explaining which one of the cats and stuff. And she was like, this is my biggest one that was born. I was like, I'll take that one. <laughs> so why do you think it was a mistake to get the cats that you had oh, together? Oh, because they they leaned on each other when for affection. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. it wasn't, it's taken a while for them to come out of that and they won't. One of them won't even go near Peyton, and this the main kids are supposed to be extremely friendly. Yeah, they're they said it's a family pet. It won't just hang with one person; it'll go with everybody. And it, they're supposed to be like dogs, mm-hmm. but they're cats. Like it just yeah, you can train them to do stuff. They say like play fetch and like that. that I watched a video and after you said you got it or you were getting it, and I was like. Yeah, they, they like play fetch. What the fuck? <laughs> like this is I said the cat that Mel has now, like it brings in mice, but like this one's gonna like drag in a moon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let this I'm not letting this cat out. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. This is a pedigree cat. I'm like, no. no it's not going to brought you a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> but my other cat, yeah, he brings in stuff for her. His oh, sister. Oh, okay. So he brings it in and she murders it. God. Oh God! Well, and that's feathers a, that's are hard weird to clean up. Serial killer codependent oh, yeah. relationship. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Frank and it was it Frank and Marie Rose or something. Like, oh God! The, never mind. That's really that's dark. Super dark. I shouldn't have that's brought that okay. up. <laughs> we got to go down to Texas to get it, so we rented an RV so that we don't have to worry about any staying in hotels or anything. That's awesome. But I'm going to be in a little RV with my two kids and husband. It's just the four of you. A few days. Is it just the four yeah. of you? Okay. So you're going to go, you're going to leave from your house and drive to Texas. And how many hours is that? To get to her is nine hours. That's not bad. That's that's actually not too bad. So you're going to stay down there the night and then come back or you're just going to do the whole thing? You I just told tonight. Rob, that's I said, a long drive, I'm, I'm like, Rob, I have to be here at Wednesday at two o'clock. 
So you have to be back for you have to be back on Tuesday or Wednesday for that. That's it. No, I have to be. I pick up the cat. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, oh my god, that's that's crazy. That thing's huge. I should. I I know. I I can't show that to my daughter. Oh yeah, you should definitely get. I was looking at some of the pictures of people bringing home their kittens, Uh and I'm like, that kitten looks like a normal sized cat. Yeah, yeah. Uh I wonder what your other cats are going to think. Mel's ended up being He's okay. I'm hoping the baby there's a, new, there's a new head bitch in town. Look, I didn't even realize you're wearing like leopard print today too. Like you're really going for cat yeah. lady now. Uh, well, when Mel like decides on something, she goes 145 For sure. Head. Like she's like, I'm going to get a giant cat and I'm going to wear cat print. <laughs> I no am an all way. or nothing person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. you're all or nothing. Yeah. We still have our two cats here that I've offered you several times. And you will not take them. Those are regular size, though. Yeah, so. yeah they're not super size. They're not the biggest in the litter. <laughs> they're not setting records. But my husband said, he keeps saying, he said something again the other night. He was like, are you sure you don't want to keep them? Like, I have never wavered does, in this decision. Your, not one time have I said. your dog like them? She, like, she doesn't understand how, that she's rough. Like, my dog thinks, like, oh, I'm being gentle, chomp. And, like... She's tried to, like, play with them, but she pounces on them, you know? And, like, they'll go, and it's, like, a whole thing. And, like... They need to be bigger. Yeah. But they're not going to be bigger because we're not keeping them. So, she can do what she wants. I don't give a fuck. I'm, like, I'm going to send the dog in here. Speaking of RVs, um, you know, like, how you said you're renting an RV and, like... Yeah. I just, I'm just thinking of this Chris Hemsworth post this morning of like him and his family and like a little caravan just like tooling down the Australian coast and how it just looks so glamorous. And for me, I would just be like a drowned rat. Like meanwhile, his wife is like, we just walked out of this RV and we're, I'm like fresh as a daisy and <laughs> got fresh clothes and we have a bonfire in the background. And it's like, are they just bringing like a photographer and stylist along For sure. Them? I mean, they have enough money. I, I can't see myself with the RV life. Someone has to convince me. I just don't think I could do it. I'll let you know. We've never done it before. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. I ride up on them. Yeah. So. I mean, well, I see that they're being rented left and right right now because people don't want to risk going in hotels and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. that did we talk about that before already? That you can do no. an RV like an Airbnb where people have RVs parked around them and like you can go get it and drive it to another one and then take that somewhere else. Or you can just go to different RV parks and say like you can rent out an RV, like an Airbnb. No, but I saw like during the, in the beginning of the pandemic, somebody had started a, a website where people could rent or, or like loan out their RVs in their driveway for medical work. Oh, wow. That's nice. So they would, cause they can't go home, you know? So like you would, they would, be like, hey, I have an RV in my, my driveway you can have for the next three weeks or yeah. whatever. My brother actually said that their neighbor has been Airbnb. They have like a, um, it's not like, it's like not a she shed, but it's like a, like a, another house behind them that's smaller. And it's like a, a one room studio, I guess, that's on their property. And he said that they've rented it out to the same couple. They're new in two months at a time because this couple came from up north and where they were at, I think they were in Manhattan and they were like, we have to get a, to somewhere else. So they came to Asheville and so they're renting a place there and they've decided to sell their place in there and, and move. And so they're staying in Manhattan or staying in Asheville until they can sell it. Yeah. It was just like, the, they were like, we have no yard. We have like no access to the outside other than like our place. So. Okay. It's Renee Rose week here on Read Me Romance. Make sure I say it. Up yeah. Let's, well, let's do that. 
Uh, we are going to play the second half of Forced in just a little while, but um, hopefully you guys picked up the Vegas Underground series or the first book in that series, which is The King of Diamonds. Uh, but I want to tell you guys about another series that she has. I know like a lot of people seem to like bully romance and like it's... It's weird. It's like when I read it, I like it, but I don't seek it out. What kind of romance? You guys bully romance. Oh, so yeah, oh my like god! Hero... I have, I have the perfect book. I was gonna talk about a bully romance book. Oh shit! Perfect. Really? Oh my god! Well, we yes. were trying to think of one. Okay, so she has. So Renee Rose has a series called the Wolf Ridge Academy series, and the first book in that series is called Alpha Bully. She ruined everything. I will make her pay. <laughs> Her mom robbed my dad of his job, destroyed his life. Now I have to look at her every day. The girl next door, a human, a hot little nerd. She doesn't belong here, not in Wolf Ridge, not at our high school, definitely not in my life. She doesn't know what I am, which makes it all the easier to take revenge. I will bring her to her knees, pierce her heart, make her bleed for me, all for me. Yeah, if you like bully romance, I think this sounds like a really good place. I just would have to, never uh, thought that that was a bully. Like, I would have never thought to look up, hey, what's a bully romance? Like, what is that? Why do I like it? I think it's because, like, that's those lead to the ultimate grovel. Yeah. Right? True. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. So I, the one I read, or I actually, I reread it probably once a year, is Alpha. It's the same title. Alpha Bully. <laughs> really? Yeah, Sam Crescent. It's been out for a long time. Oh, wow. But in the first prologue, um, he's like a dick to her in the prologue and he's mean or whatever. And then he goes home. He does his first change because I think when they turn 18, they change. That's when they get their wolf or whatever. And he comes back. And so it's like chapter one. He knows that that's his mate. And she wants nothing to do with him because he was nothing and it is a whole the whole entire book is a grovel (sighs) the whole thing why are we both so happy about that (laughs) but i will say that some people may not like this but it's not technically safe because they've gone to school together forever but you don't know about him but when he comes back and smells that but she wasn't like mooning over him like she's like no get away from me so he has to spend the whole book like trying to do stuff to get her to like him again and he's like he's like so remorseful because the first time he walks up to her all he can smell is beer but it's just all grovel and i don't i read it every year there's some there's something in that too that like is really man knowing that a woman is afraid of him and being like really horrified by that there's something that's really satisfying about that and just like him being like oh my god like well, what he have would i get, done everybody her. would pick on this girl and he would get agitated that he would get turned on when he seen her and he didn't understand it Oh, 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 oh. So he didn't, so he didn't legitimately dislike her for something. It's like uh, his chemical reaction. Yeah. Uh, One of the ones, so I looked up bully romances just to see if I had read any. One of them that came up was The Peer and the Puppet. And I know you like that one, Tessa, by B.B. B.B. Reed. I've almost said the the other one, but no, B.B. Reed. So her, um, her book, Peer and the Puppet, it popped up as one of the first ones. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was a bully romance. It is. The Peer and the Puppet is so good. It's like, so that whole series is, um, by, by B.B. Reed. It's like, it takes place in high school and it's just a ton of rich kids. And then there's this one, like, you know, obviously the one girl that shows up and she's poor and she's, and her mother is marrying his dad. So they have to live in the same house, you know, and he hates her because he thinks that 
they're after his dad's money and like all this stuff but he's also like super attracted to her she's like a racer she's like a street racer it's so awesome so she puts herself in danger and then he freaks out which i love i love that it's great he's really mean to her Well, one of the um, the other one that's like number one on the list is Paper Princess, and I, I love that whole series. If you've never read it, that's definitely a bully romance, uh, and I, I I would have never known that that's what that's labeled, and that's why I like it. I don't know, but I love that whole series. But Paper Princess by Aaron Watt, um, it starts out the girls in a strip club, and this older man comes in, and she's dancing. She's giving him a lap dance, and he's like. I can't do this. I can't do this. And he takes her out. And he's like, you're my best friend's daughter. And he died. And I promised that I would find you and I would take care of you. And so, and so she goes to live with him. And he like, he's there and he has, I think he has four sons. And because there's a set of twins and there, and there's an older brother. And then the, the, the guy that she's sort of like, has has that bully romance with they all immediately hate her they think she's like this stripper who's come to take their dad's money and they don't know like what she's done but she's in high school so she ends up like he puts her in the private school with these brothers and it's like the worst thing he could have done because he's just trying to like force them all to be a family and and be together and all of them hate her and in her her it's like cruel intentions is what it's been compared to and it's exactly like that like she's thrown into this environment and she's eaten alive no is the guy that she gave the lap dance to attracted to her I don't think so, but I was there for it. I think, I think maybe he gets excited and he he hates himself for it. I love him. Yeah, right. Like it starts, it starts out like, oh shit, I'm here for this, and so it it ends up being like, there's a lot of that too that they all speculate that they that she slept with the dad and on all this stuff and like that that she's just trying to wiggle her way into this and it's like there's so much drama that happens it's like in the whole book series it's just drama after drama after drama it was so good like it's like crack it that whole series is like it's it's so over the top ridiculous that i couldn't quit it i loved it i remember I have when the it whole came, sun series coming out me. Because people were freaking out for the next installment because they were left on, they were cliffhangers. All of them were these huge cliffhangers where, like, big, huge, like, bombs would get dropped. And you're like, the page went in and you're like, what the fuck? It was so, but they're all, the whole series is out now. But that's what made you, like, just dying for the next one because it was such a big cliffhanger. But, I mean, they came pretty, like, I think the longest wait was maybe less than a year or so. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, there's, if you like Cruel Intentions at all, if anything about that, like, like you say, the bully romance, like, if you haven't read Paper Princess, get on it. It's so good. When I think of lap dances and like stripper heroines, I think of uh, Priest by Sierra Simone. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, my God. (laughs) You had a time with that book. It is so hot. Like, I'm talking like, okay, so it's the hero's a priest and he's attracted to this new woman in town, you know, and she's running from something and she's got this like uh, burden on her shoulders. And so she goes to him for con- to confess for confession, you know, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like they do it on the altar. Uh, like it is just the most sacrilegious. Nasty goodness. 
just like it's oh my god and they're just obsessed with each other can't stay away from each other and I think there's a I think there's a part in the book it's been a while since I read it but she takes him to the strip club where she used to work and gives him you know like the business uh-huh. <laughs> oh god <laughs> it's just like it's like it reminds me of um you know uh you guys didn't like Fleabag did you watch Fleabag I haven't seen it Oh my God, Leah! I know, I know. I'm sorry. Fleabag, uh, the hot priest, the hot Irish priest that shows up in the second season, and the chemistry that is just off the charts between him and Fleabag. It. It's incredible. But so read Priest and then watch Fleabag, and it's it'll just be all a bunch of priesty good. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of sacrilegious wonderfulness. Yeah, you can just feel terrible the next time you see your mom. <laughs> Do you have anything? Do you want me to read? Uh, I have a lady listener email. Yeah, go for it. Okay, it's a wedding fail. So this is somebody who uh, like started from the beginning in uh, of the podcasts and. She's at her wedding fail section. Do it. I love it. Bring it back. Let's let's redo it. If you have wedding fails, send them to us. I love this shit. Hi there, lady DJs. I know I'm a few seasons behind on this, but wanted to share anyway. Here goes. I guess I should start with the night before my wedding. I was up late with my mother-in-law and her family because the wedding was going to be at her house the next day. We were all making party favors and taking a few shots of whiskey and just generally bonding. I stopped when I started to feel a buzz and knew it was time for me to go to my hotel that was just a few miles down the road. It was pretty late at this point. I was tired after the day, days of planning and prepping and decorating. We go up to the counter to get my key for my room, which my mother-in-law had checked in over the phone earlier, only to find that they had given it away. It turns out there was another wedding party in the hotel, and they had overbooked. I spent the night before my wedding tossing and turning on my mother-in-law's couch. Oh, my God. Hearing, that's the worst. Hearing uh, my mother-in-law. I uh, thought for a second, it. I was like, is this a book bio? Like, you know what I mean? Like, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's basically everything that could go Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Um, she can hear the guests snoring. She's exhausted at her own wedding. Later in the day, now, I had hired a makeup artist to come and do my hair and makeup as well as my three bridesmaids. She was 30 minutes late and took forever. The makeup was beautiful, but she took so long that my maid of honor ended up doing her own hair and makeup. Then on top of that, my sister, who was a bridesmaid, ended up drinking a little too much early on and started crying on the bathroom floor. Oh, no. <laughs> my mother-in-law had to go and tell her to get over it and that it was my day. My sister is a very dramatic person. <laughs> I had to do all? this, too. My mother, my mom left her gloves. She had these, like, gloves that would go up to her elbows uh-huh. on my wedding day, and she left them in the back of the cab on the way to the church, and it's all she would talk about. While I was getting ready for the wedding. I was just left my gloves. I wonder if I should call somebody about my gloves. And I was probably like, fuck the gloves! Like, Shut up! <laughs> God. Okay. So the ceremony went off without a hitch and it was beautiful. We get to the after party and my dramatic and slightly intoxicated sister grabs a champagne bottle from the bar and starts drinking from it. Your sister, again. Yeah. My husband's godmother rushes over and grabs it out of her hand, embarrassing her and the people she was hanging out with. My sister is now very angry and starts ranting and telling my parents the injustice that has been done to her. <laughs> and they get angry. That ended with my parents and sister leaving my wedding reception early to protect the family and me getting sad and weepy. At this point, I grab a bottle of champagne and go to town. Good for you. Uh, my husband hired a limo. This is the worst part, guys. Oh, no. Uh, a town car showed up instead to take us to our resort where, hallelujah, we had a suite ready and waiting for us. We were exhausted at this point. It's 11 or 12 at night. We still have our wedding night nookie and pass out. The next morning, I wake up in a pool of blood. What? <laughs> 
Turns out that my period finally decided to show up. It was all over me, all over my husband, and looked like the wet. It, it was a wedding night massacre. Oh, and I felt so bad for whoever had to clean the sheets. I tried to ball them up and put them at the foot of the bed and left a note. I was mortified. Oh, no. This month will be my husband and I's fifth year anniversary, and we are still going strong. Keep up the good work, ladies. I love the chemistry y'all have together and enjoy this podcast so much. Thank you for letting me share. Aw. I love it. I can just I feel like I know that sister yeah yeah <laughs> just like cannot let it be someone else's I have that has sister to make it about her <laughs> just kidding she doesn't listen just kidding if you're listening she doesn't listen <laughs> um, so should we go ahead and play the second half of Forest by Renee Rose sure let's go for it okay here you go enjoy <laughs> bye chapter four Mariana. Holy shit, what did I just agree to? My heart races, but it's not with fear. I'm super turned on. I honestly have never even admitted to myself that I have rape fantasies. I mean, how could I? What self-respecting woman wants a man to force her to have sex, especially a ball buster like me? I can't even analyze what it means about me. All I know is that Victor's right. The idea sends my pulse skittering out of control. I'm beyond excited about this plan of his. And I don't want to analyze what it means about him either, that he wants to do this. No, he's not a rapist. I saw no spark of irrational excitement in him, either when he held me against the wall or when he proposed this scene. I only saw lust. I only heard consideration. He may be turned on by the idea, but he's not psycho. He'd recognize my safe word. And suddenly, the idea of using it becomes real. This may very well cross over into too much. This isn't some grip-my-teeth-and-bear-it spanking. It's something that might frighten me, might hurt me in a way I never want to be hurt. Giving my safe word wouldn't be a failure in this situation. I give myself that out right here and now. I'm not going to do something I'm not comfortable with just to win a bet. Sarah wouldn't want that. Neither would Victor. I'm sure of it. I find Sarah across the room. She's straddling the padded sawhorse, taking a cane across the ass. I can only hope her partner is as sensitive and observant as mine. Victor returns and drags me onto his lap. You still up for this? He asks, studying my face. I swear, I've only known the guy for a little more than an hour, but it's already like he can see straight into my soul. See the thoughts swirling in my head and the emotions twisting and fluttering in my gut. I nod. All right. His words are cut off abruptly when a yell sounds out across the club. His arm tightens around me as we watch a man storm across the floor. After a moment, Victor relaxes. Who is that? I ask. Don't know, and it doesn't matter. Security is handling it. Turning my face back to him, he picks off where he'd left off. Okay, baby. I want you to go to the women's locker room and change back into that sexy dress you were wearing when you got here. Then I want you to take a walk past those curtained rooms over there. He points to the side of the room where several curtains hang. I wait for more, but he doesn't continue. 
That's it? I'll find you there, baby girl. You remember your safe word? Yes. I'm proud of how even the word sounds while everything in me wobbles. Good. There's no shame in using it if it gets too intense. But I'll be in tune with you. I'll be looking for signs of real distress, okay? My heart thuds faster than normal, but there's a gooey, appreciative warmth filling my chest, taking the edge off my nerves. He cradles my face and pulls my lips to his for a kiss. It's so much sweeter this time and also has reverence to it, like it's the seal to a contract, which I suppose it is. He lifts me from his lap and sets me on my feet, giving my ass a slap. See you in a few minutes. He winks, and it does something insane to my ovaries. He has thick curling lashes to match his hair. They somehow make him look even more manly and attractive. I grab my dress and bra from where he'd tucked them into his duffel bag and head to the women's locker room. My hands are cold and tremble slightly as I change back into my dress. Everything seems so changed. I'm a different person than I was two hours ago. I've had an incredible orgasm, discovered serious attraction, found out I might have a kink, gotten way more intimate with a man than I have with any sexual partner, ever. I came to D.C. hoping to find myself. I think I have. I just didn't know I'd be losing myself at the same time. I step out of the changing room and purposefully don't look around. I don't want to know where Victor is or when to expect him. I've strutted around this room a few times, but flipping my hair and clicking my heels doesn't feel right for this scene, so I just do my best to be normal, whatever that means. As I pass the second curtain, Victor reaches from behind it and grabs me, one hand over my mouth, one hand around my waist. Not a sound, princess. The instinct to fight is immediate. I wrestle with him, marveling at the strength in his large body. He drags me into the small living room type area with a couch. He presses my face up against the wall, bending my arms behind my back. Something smooth and silky binds my wrists. I twist to look. It's his tie. It strikes me as a perfect use for the gray and red striped fabric. The knots are snug, but don't cut into my flesh. I twist and turn my hands, attempting to get out of them, even though I don't want to succeed. You can fight, baby. Victor's deep voice sounds beside my ear. But you'll never get free. He brings his palm to my face, and I think he's going to cover my mouth again. But instead, he shoves his thumb between my lips. It's not long enough to choke me, but has the feel of a forced blowjob, the invasion both sexual and unwelcome. I shake my head to dislodge it, careful not to bite down. The moment his rough touch comes between my legs, I suck. He fights my skirt out of the way and shoves his fingers down the front of my panties. I'm unbelievably wet, like waterfall wet. One of his fingers sinks into my swollen entrance without any preparation, like my body just opened for it, guided it in. It's a good thing you got this pussy wet for me, baby. He growls, moving his hand between my legs, penetrating me with more than one finger now. Because she's about to get the roughest ride of her life. I whimper, not because I'm at all afraid, it's out of pure desire. 
Victor drags his open mouth across my shoulder, inside my dress, his teeth scraping along the flesh. You don't have any say about what I'm going to do with you. The more you fight it, the harder I'll pound. Jesus. My pussy clenches around his fingers. I'm about to orgasm from this bizarre brand of dirty talk. He removes his thumb from my mouth and takes a fistful of hair at the back of my head. He uses it to propel me toward the couch. I think he's going to put me on it, but he just grabs a cushion from the back and throws it on the floor. On your knees. He tugs my hair down. The pain pisses me off, and I try to twist out of his grasp, but he instantly yanks me up off my feet with an arm banded around my waist. When I meet the floor again, it's on my knees. Not on the cushion, behind the cushion. I understand a moment later when he shoves my torso down over the cushion, using it to lift my hips. I'm on my knees and my face, arms still bound behind my back. Victor. Spread those legs, I order, not expecting her to comply. She doesn't, so I nudge them wide with my knee, keeping one hand pressed to the center of her back, holding her torso down. She's breathing quickly, and her face is flushed, but her eyes are glazed with lust. I don't see any sign of true discomfort or anguish. I shove the skirt of her dress up her back and tear her panties down. I'd like to actually tear them off her body, but there's too much fabric, and I'm afraid I'll bruise her with them before they actually rip. It's one of those things that looks easier in the movies than it is in real life. Her cunt is glossy, dripping with arousal, and I can't help but drop the pretense of not caring for her pleasure for a moment. I have to taste it. I hold my hands to her ass and tip her pelvis back, dragging my tongue through her wetness. Uh, uh, she moans. Yeah, you take that, baby, I say, making it sound like getting eaten is a hardship. I flick my tongue rapidly over her clit. She surges forward, then presses back, biting her bonds, clearly growing more desperate for release. I'm going to use this pussy any way I want right now. I threaten, unbuckling my belt. I wrap it around her neck. Panic flashes in her eyes, and I throw myself down on top of her, grinding my hard dick into her soft, bare ass. I'm not going to choke her, but edging up her fear will increase the pleasure. I want to tell her how badly I need her pussy, how hard she's had me all night, but that would be giving her power, and this is a total revocation of control for her. I settle for grinding my erection down on her, dry thrusting a few times before I lift my weight. I'm gonna fuck you so hard you won't walk straight tomorrow. I undo my pants and slide a condom on. And you know what you're going to do? She makes another attempt to get free, and I yank her hips back to mine. You're going to take it. I slap my sheathed cock up between her legs, letting her feel the full extent of my desire. And it's not because I get off on forcing women to have sex, not at all. It's knowing the scenario is making her beyond wet, knowing I'm responsible for bringing her to this point. It's the trust, the intimacy. I can't fucking wait to see her go off again. One thrust of my hips, and I'm seated deep inside her. 
her body so ready for me, so welcoming. Her tight muscles grip my cock, pulling me deeper. We both groan. You ready to get your brains fucked out? I grip her hips and back up, slam in again, hard. She gasps, fuck you. The words fly out of her mouth like bullets. I chuckle. I love the fight in her. She wouldn't respect herself if she didn't give it back to me the whole way through, because she doesn't have a submissive bone in her body. Which doesn't mean she doesn't love being mastered. I thrust harder, holding her hips still. I love having this angle because I can get so deep. Straight to her G-spot if I work it right. Her splayed knees slide further apart. Her pussy gushes arousal. Judging by the sounds coming from her throat, I found the magic button. I bite my lips to keep from encouraging her, not wanting to break character. Inside my head, I'm chanting, that's it, baby, take your pleasure, take every inch of mine. Please, she begs. I doubt she's ever begged for anything in her life. I'm incapable of denying her. Take it, I growl and slam deep throwing my body over hers. I fist her hair and pull her head back so I can see her orgasm face. Priceless, fucking priceless. Her mouth flies open wide, eyes roll back in her head, her tight cunt squeezes my cock with a pulsing that nearly kills me. And the scream, the scream of pleasure will be the soundtrack I beat off to for the rest of my life. Hell, this whole scene will be. And I'm not nearly done. I thrust a few times with my face right up against her temple. You know what I'm gonna do now, baby? I'm gonna fuck that pretty ass of yours. She starts to shake her head and I make a sharp sound of disapproval. You don't think I know how to make it work for you? I back up and thrust in again, slapping her ass with my loins. I fucking do. And that's why you're going to nod that pretty head and tell me yes. You want me to show you what you've been missing your whole life. She nods, wincing, because I still have her hair. I release it and rub the back of her head, rewarding her for her decision. I have to back off the non-consensual vibe a bit for this. I know it's pushing her boundaries way wider than she intended, and I'm going to make good on my promise to deliver it right. She agreed faster than I expected, which helps the part of my conscience telling me I'm going too far. I move quickly, wanting to keep her on the high of her orgasm. I pull out and rub my sheathed cock with a heavy application of lube, which I'd stowed in my pocket earlier, along with a bullet vibrator. I apply another dollop to her anus and work my thumb in. The muscles are elastic, still stretched from the plug I used earlier. I turn on the vibrator and shove it between her legs, right against her clit. You keep this pussy wet while I fuck your ass good and hard, understand? She bucks beneath me, some of the fight returning to her. I clap a hand down on her nape, holding her still. Don't fight me here, baby, or you'll be sorry. This is where you lie down and take it. The only choice you have in this matter is how hard you're gonna orgasm. She moans and grinds down on the vibrator, and I know I'm still on the right track. Now take my cock, I say like an order, but I don't force anything. 
The tip of my dick presses gently against her anus, and I wait until the muscles open on their own. When they do, I ease forward, slowly. She mules, writhes. Her hands twist in the bonds, scrunch into fists, and open again. I pause and wait, let her get used to the sensation of having me in her ass. After a moment, she makes an impatient sound and pushes back. I smile and inch forward a little more. A little more. There's plenty of lube and I'm giving her lots of time. Her thigh muscles flex, heels kick, but she's still pushing back at me, taking me deeper. The fit is unbelievably tight, but I don't allow myself to indulge in the pleasure. Not until I'm sure she's getting everything she needs. I ease back and push in again. She lets out a guttural sound. Okay, baby? I have to drop character and ask, because if I pushed her too far, I'd never forgive myself. Yes, she gasps. I give a mental fist pump and slowly rock in and out of her. She pants and whimpers, curling and opening her fingers faster. That's it, beautiful girl. Now I've totally forgotten the scene. I can only praise her for what she's given to me. I'm going to give you the best orgasm of your life. You ready? Yes. Oh, God. Yes. She moans, flapping her hands at the small of her back. You look so goddamn beautiful like that. I just want to fuck you all night. I pick up my speed, plunge a little faster, a little deeper. Need, she whines. I know what you need. You need to have your ass fucked hard. That's what you need. Yes. I slap her ass with my flesh on the instrokes, giving it to her with more velocity, more force. I need, oh God, please, Victor, please, please, please. I lose my mind. My thighs quake, balls tighten. Fuck yeah, I shout. I shove in deep and stay there. Cum shoots down my shaft, filling the condom as I bounce slightly against her ass. Yes, yes, she screams. Her knees fly out from under her, and I flatten her to the floor, just the soft cushion holding her hips from the carpet. That's it, baby. I murmur, shoving a hand down the front of her dress to roughly squeeze one breast. She shudders beneath me, her muscles flexing and releasing. Beautiful woman, I kiss her neck. We catch our breaths together, two bodies as one. I gradually become aware I'm crushing her beneath me and ease off and out of her. I untie her wrists and remove my belt from her neck. Then I pull up her panties and dispose of the condom. When I come back, she's still lying the way I left her. Are you okay, Angel? I crouch beside her and stroke her hair. Mm-hmm. Her response is faint, but positive. I want to get a washcloth and clean her up, but there's no way I'd leave her now. I remember they have showers available at Blacklight. Do you want to take a shower, baby? Mm. Was that a yes or no? She must be way out of it. I hope in the best possible way. Come on, beautiful. Let's get you off the floor. I roll her up into my arms and gaze down at her face. Her eyes are unfocused and glassy, pupils dilated. She seems to return to herself under my scrutiny. I'm okay, 
Her face flushes, like she's embarrassed to have been so out of control. She sits up on my knee, and I help her to her feet. I'm just going to go to the restroom, she says, already starting off on unsteady legs. Hang on, baby, I'll walk you there. She waves a dismissive hand. I'm good. I don't love leaving her on her own, but maybe after anal sex, she wants to clean up in privacy. I may be dominant, but I'm not the kind who insists on watching his sub-P and wiping her twat, so I let her go, even though it feels all wrong. When she doesn't come out, the alarms start going off in my head. Chapter 5 Mariana God, I feel so out of it. I totter to the bathroom, needing to pull it together. My limbs are loose and limp, and my pussy and ass thrum from the pounding they took. My brain is running on some weird loop of no-thought-blaring thoughts. The blaring thoughts run somewhere along the line of, what the fuck just happened? It's like my mind can't quite compute it all, can't sort through the fiction and nonfiction of the scene. Which parts were real, which were play. Which doesn't make sense, because everything had been so clear in the moment. I step into the bathroom and run the water in the sink, scrubbing my hands, then splashing my face. I stare at myself in the mirror, not even sure who I'm looking at. It's like I've been drugged. My whole reality just flipped, and I don't even know who I am. What did I just do? A small wedge of shame creeps in. Did I really just let myself be pseudo-raped? Me, the girl who punched Tommy Grayson in the nose for grabbing my boob in the sixth grade? The woman who takes shit from no one? Why? Why would I do such a thing? I can't even comprehend. Suddenly, I just want to get the fuck out of there. Not the bathroom, blacklight. I don't care about the bet. I can't think about the handsome man waiting for me outside the locker room. I just need some fresh air and space. I push out the door and beeline it for the security room. Mariana. Victor calls. I knew there'd be no escaping him. I don't look back, just lift my hand in a sort of wave. I gotta get something from my locker, I call out. I know he's following me, but he's not actually the kind of guy to run up and grab me. I know that in my gut. I know he's not the enemy here, but I just need to be alone and get my head together. This has all been too intense. I can't see him now. I shouldn't see him again because, dear Lord, look at what I just did with him. This wasn't me at all, and I'm so fucking confused about why I liked it and what it says about me. A deep sea of shame rolls through me. Why would I ever get off? I'm being forced. And I did get off. Hard. The craziest orgasms of my life. And I let him fuck my ass. That right there should tell me I need to run very far away. I'm almost to the security room when Sarah comes running up. There you are, Mary. What's up? Are you okay? She's out of breath and concern sends her words out on a higher pitch. Damn it. She knows me too well. This is exactly the kind of thing I was trying to avoid. I don't need my baby sister peering in my face asking if something's wrong. I just need to disappear. 
She grabs my elbow and pulls me to a stop. Marianna, I'm fine. I just... But the second I see her worried face, it's like something bad really did happen to me. The fiction spills over into reality and becomes a real trauma. Oh, fuck no. I'm crying. Like, I seriously lose it. My face crumples and the tears fall down my face like a freaking shower. Of course, that only throws Sarah into total victim protection mode. She wraps her arm around my shoulders and hustles me back to the women's locker room. Oh my God, what happened? Nothing, nothing. I try so fucking hard to turn off the waterworks, but it only makes me choke on a sob. Seriously, nothing happened. I don't know why I'm losing it. I sink onto a bench and swipe at my tears. The door reverberates with a loud pounding. Mariana? Victor's deep voice is laced with worry. He knocks again like he's trying to bash the door in. I wave my hand defensively in the direction of the door. He can't come in here, Sarah says. Now tell me what happened. I give an unattractive snuffle snort, trying to get my brain under control. Nothing, really. I just want to get out of here. Sarah puts her hands on her hips with the don't fucking lie to me stare. You have to tell me what happened. I get up and pull a wad of toilet paper from a roll, use it to dry my eyes and blow my nose. Listen, you stay here and have fun. I'm going to head back to your place and have some wine. Chill out. This has just been intense and I need to regroup. When the puckers don't leave Sarah's forehead, I say, really, I'm fine. Can you just get rid of him so I can get out of here? I gesture to the door, which is shaking from being pounded again. Do we need to file a complaint on him? I shake my head quickly. No, he did nothing wrong. I just don't want to see him again. It feels all wrong, but the words are out. They are what the normal Mariana would say and mean. Whatever's happened to make me this new Mariana needs to be expunged even if it means I leave my heart flopping on the floor of this locker room like a fish out of water. Victor. I am seriously about to lose my shit. Something went wrong with our scene, and now Mariana, the fucking goddess warrior, is crying in the locker room. I get the feeling it takes a shit ton to make that woman cry, and that makes me want to gouge my own eyes out with a fork and beat down this fucking door to get to her. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that every second I'm away from her is a second I've lost in making this right. I know every moment counts against me. If I let the separation go on much longer, she's never going to want to talk to me again. Mariana, I boom again. Please, open the door. Please, just let me talk to you. Get lost. The voice isn't Mariana's. Must be her sister's. I saw her go into the locker room with her. Mariana. Fuck. I can't stand talking through a door with the crowd of people gathering behind me like this is some fucking show. But if it's my only choice, I'll do it. I lower my voice, but bring my mouth right to the crack of the door. Please tell me you don't feel violated. I would fucking rip the throat out of any man who degraded you, baby. If you think I did, I'll shoot off my own fucking dick. I hear Mariana's choked voice, but I can't make out the words. She's not talking to me. She's talking to her sister. 
go away, her sister snarls. Back the fuck away from this door or I'll get security over here so fast your head will spin. Security is already here. Terry, otherwise known as Muscles at the club, stands beside me, assessing the situation. God damn it. I pound on the solid wood again. Mariana, I'll let you do the shooting. Just open the goddamn door. She just needs some space. The words are clearer when the door opens and her sister stands there. So walk away and leave us alone. She'll find you when and if she's ready. I know that's bullshit. If I walk away, I will never see this woman again. And that is fucking unacceptable. Because it's all so clear now. Kim cheating on me was a gift from God. The reason no woman has been interesting since is obvious. It was because Mariana hadn't showed up in my life yet. I've known her for two hours, but I'm already sure. She's my perfect match. Smart, beautiful, capable, full of fire. There's no way in hell I'm letting her go. Fuck that, I blurt. I try to move past Sarah, but Muscles drops a hand on my arm. Just be cool, man. If she needs space, she needs space. He uses a calming tone like I'm some maniac out of his mind, which I may soon become. I shake him off, craning my neck to see around her sister. Mariana's huddled on a bench, her back to me. She turns at that moment and our eyes meet. She looks anguished, possibly even guilty. I don't want her to feel any of those things. I need to fix this. Listen, I say to Muscles, but speak for her sister's benefit too. I'm the guy who upset her. This is my shit to fix. If you want to help, get me a blanket. Muscles knows me, which is probably why he doesn't already have me in a headlock. Also, he's the guy I explained the scene to in the first place, so he understands what's happened. He hesitates. I don't wait for permission, but march into the locker room. I'm furious, but only with myself for letting something like this happen. I stride purposefully toward my woman. She watches me approach like a deer caught in headlights. Baby, I infuse all the tenderness I feel for her into the word. It seems to strike like a bullet. She flinches and rubs her chest. I reach for her, but stop myself before my fingertips brush her shoulders. I definitely don't want to be overbearing. Instead, I beckon with my fingers. Come here. My tone is soothing, voice soft. I don't realize I'm holding my breath until she stands up. The moment she's on her feet, I sweep her up into my arms. Let's get some fresh air, huh? Does that sound good? Yes. Her voice is thready. That's exactly what I need. No way. Her sister squares off in front of me. There is no way I'm letting you take her out of here. No, I need to go with him, Mariana says immediately, sending streams of relief coasting down the inside of my torso. This seems to stop her sister's fury. She blinks, studying Mariana's face as I move past. You sure? She follows beside us. I'll bring her back before the roulette party is through, I promise. I have a car out front. We'll just take a drive. Go back to your partner, Mariana tells her sister. Have fun.
I'll see you soon. As soon as we emerge in the main room, Mariana shifts in my arms. I can walk. I don't want to put her down. I need to feel her body against mine, but I understand. She has pride, and I'm fucking with it by carrying her. I lower her to her feet. Muscles appears with the blanket, and I throw it around her shoulders and pull her against my side. I like the way she feels nestled against me. She fits. But I know right now, I have a hell of a long way to even get a second date. And it feels like my whole world is on the line. Mariana. Victor uses his phone as we walk through the underground tunnel that connects the psychic shop to Blacklight. I'm on my way out. Who is that? I ask as he hangs up without another word. My driver. He leads me up the stairs, and sure enough, a black limo is waiting outside the psychic shop. He holds the door open for me, then goes around to the other side. I probably should be worried. My initial impression of Victor was mafia, and now he's just helped me into a $100,000 car. But I can't dredge up any fear of Victor or the situation, especially when he turns an intensely concerned look on me and strokes my cheek with the back of his fingers. Fuck, I've never had tenderness from a man. The men I've dated were babies, whining and complaining, or cracking jokes. This man has blown open every imagined belief I had about men and sex. And what I like. What happened, baby? He asks softly. I draw in a shaky breath. I'm sorry, I just lost my shit. He puts his fingers to my lips to stop me. No. Not sorry. You don't need to apologize for anything. I just need to know what's going through your head. What upset you? I want to know what I did so it never happens again. I skip over his assumption there's going to be an again. You didn't do anything wrong. In the moment, it was incredible. I'm not the blushing type, but I'm pretty sure my cheeks turn pink. You were right. I was really into it. But... Then afterward, I just freaked out about what I'd done. I don't know. I put the wrong frame on it. Like how that kind of scene would be horrible if it was a real life scenario and what it said about me that I liked it. And then Sarah looked so worried and I just fell apart. He pulls me onto his lap and strokes my back. I'm sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. I would never, ever disrespect you or hurt you. And I know you wouldn't let anyone disrespect or hurt you. With the last comment, my normal confidence returns. Right. I flipped about what we did and what it meant about me. I judged Sarah for being submissive and then found out I liked the same brand of submission too. It's doing a number on my head, but that doesn't mean I'd cave anywhere else. That I'm weak. There's also a brain chemistry component that can cause this kind of dip after a scene, Victor says gently. I remember Sarah's explanation about subdrop, and it all makes sense. I appreciate the fact that Victor didn't just assume it was subdrop and skip over my thoughts and feelings. I tuck my head into his neck and melt into him, allowing myself to be soothed. His large hand coasts up and down my back, and he kisses my jaw my temple, my neck. So, where are we going, 
And is this your car? He chuckles. It's a business car. I run a private security firm. And I just told him to drive around. I thought you might need a change of scene. I relax a little more. You were right. And security, huh? Like a bodyguard? He nods. Yes, we provide protection for high-profile clients. I'm suddenly fascinated, and try not to be. I can't see this man again. I can't. He makes me lose all control. As if he reads my thoughts, he catches my chin. Baby, I know tonight threw you for a loop. I'm so fucking sorry I took you somewhere you might not have been ready to go. But I need you to know that I'm way into you. I want to see where we could go with this chemistry between us. Chemistry. He's talking about sex, which, admittedly, was incredible. But Blacklight isn't my kind of place. He heads off my thinking. I mean beyond scening together, beyond hooking up. Mariana, in the space of one night, you renewed all my belief in relationships. Hell, I'd even swear it was love at first sight, but I don't want to scare you off. All I know is, it's gotten stronger every minute I'm with you. I suddenly have way too much air in my chest. I get the feeling it's mutual, baby. Tell me I'm right. I manage a nod. Yeah, I sound hoarse. It's mutual, but I don't even live here. He shrugs. So I'll fly to Brooklyn. You'll fly here. We'll try it out. No obstacle is unsurmountable. His confidence is so freaking attractive. I let out a shaky laugh. Okay, maybe. I'm actually between careers right now. His eyes light up. Great, because I was picturing you as a partner at my firm. I scoff. After two hours, you're ready to share your business with me? His lips twitch. Pretty close. Are you interested enough to see me again? Yeah. The remaining shakiness in me disappears. For the first time since we sold the restaurant, I'm interested in hearing more about something. Maybe this is a good fit for me. Maybe it's not. But there's no harm in checking it out. Victor tunnels his hands in my hair and nips my shoulder. Thank you. I lean against him, surprised how comfortable I feel. I know this great little coffee shop and they're open all night. He surprises me with this pronouncement. If I had any reservations that he's only after sex, they completely disappear. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and they have these amazing eclairs. Want to try one? I can't stop the ridiculously huge smile from spreading across my face. Yeah, I do. Great. He leans forward and gives the driver the directions. His arm tightens around my waist, and a smug expression crawls over his face. Don't think you have me yet, I warn. He laughs, a deep rumble that warms me to my toes. Oh, I don't. But I'm willing to work every minute until I do, baby. And then I'm going to work every minute to make sure you know I'm worth sticking around for. I angle my face to his mouth, not surprised when he immediately responds, grasping the back of my head and holding me captive. He schools me with the kiss, reminds me how much he likes being in charge. 
how much I like it too. Yes, a voice in my head asserts itself loudly. This. Whatever comes next between Victor and I, I'm signing up for it. I don't want to miss out on anything he has to show me. Epilogue. Three months later. Mariana. I told you I'd get the boxes, baby. Victor grabs the carton from my arms and sets it down on top of the three he just carried all at once up the stairs to his loft apartment. I want to snatch it back just to hide my face. Moving in together is a huge step, and I still can't believe I agreed to it. After spending the last couple of months working for Victor, with Victor as he insists, but living with Sarah, I decided to take the plunge. It's not like I wasn't spending every night here anyway, but seeing the boxes of my things in his place makes it all so real. As usual, Victor guesses what's going through my head. He hooks an arm around my waist and pulls my body up against his. His lips find my neck, teeth graze the skin there. Are you going to stay here willingly, or do I have to chain you to my bed? As always, when he starts threatening force, my knees go weak, panties dampen. You can try to return to your sister's place. He backs me up against the couch and fits the bulge of his erection in the notch between my legs. Or to Brooklyn. He rolls his hips, giving me the full preview of his excitement for me. But I'll always come for you. I'll just drag you home, tie you up, and fuck you into the long hours of the night. I grind down on him, a trembling already starting in my limbs. He spins me around and works the button open on my jeans as his cock presses against my ass. You're about to get yourself fucked over the back of the couch. He works a hand down my panties and palms my pussy. I moan. One of his hands cages my throat. I gurgle as it closes, jerk my hips mindlessly. I freaking love the helplessness of surrendering to Victor's control. He makes it easy by always delivering mind-blowing pleasure, always tuning into my emotions, my responses. He shoves my jeans and panties down with one hand, never releasing my neck. He's not really choking me, but I love feeling overpowered. Within seconds, he's in me, thrusting hard, firm strokes, bowing my back with the gymnastics of it. Victor, I rasp, my eyes already rolling back in my head. Yeah? His voice is rough and deep. More. It's hard to believe I could take more. He's plowing into me with enough force to scoot the sofa along the floor each time, but it feels so damn good. He releases my neck to grasp both my elbows, pulling them back like I'm his prisoner, using them to leverage his cock deeper and harder into me with every stroke. I let out a broken sob, so close. Need, I beg. I know what you fucking need, he grits out. He does. He gives it to me, blinding me with desperation. I hurl one long, continuous moan at him until he thrusts deep. The moment comes, my orgasm follows, muscles milking his cock as I chant his name. And then somehow... We're on the couch and I'm in his arms. He kisses and nips me back to reality as my body melts into a boneless puddle against him. 
He cups my mons and rubs, as if I need more attention there. You gonna be my sex prisoner? Yeah. I pant, surprised how fast the life is coming back into my body, ready for more. I never grow tired of this game, and he continues to find new ways to force me, and new places, like in the car on the way to work, over his big walnut desk, on the kitchen table, on the floor, up against the wall, tied to his bed. I think you should take the role of president of my company, Victor says, still sliding his fingers in my slippery folds. Wait, what? I shove his hand away, which earns me a fresh round of wrestling. This time, Victor pulls both my knees in the air and spanks my pussy three times. Christ, I'm vibrating with need again. Listen up, or I'll have to spank that pussy until it's swollen and sore, and then I'll fuck it again. I shiver, my pussy squeezing. I want you to be president of the company. I think clients will find us even more trustworthy and appealing with a female at the helm. I just started helping Victor out while I took a few business classes at the community college and tried to figure out what to do with my life. That lasted about a week. The more the work brought out my competitive driven side and I want to take charge of things. Now I run every new client interview and do all the matching of clients with bodyguards. I also manage scheduling and payroll. Can't just let me run your company, I splutter. I'm not giving it to you. I'm hiring you for a position. He lifts my legs, delivers three more spanks to my girly bits, rendering me incapable of speech, even if I knew what to say. We'll start on a trial basis, see how we both like it. This is how he ropes me in. He knows exactly what to say to get me to cave to his every demand. Before I can protest any more, He captures my mouth with his, dominating me with a searing kiss. Say yes, Mariana. He murmurs when it's over, dropping all pretense of forcing me into anything. How can I refuse? I have a million fears, but none of them are as real as the moments I'm with him. I nod my head jerkily. Okay. He flashes that smug smile I adore, and my heart double beats. I kiss him this time, hooking my arm around his neck and slanting my lips over his. It's hard to believe I ended up here. Hot man, new career, life full of possibilities. And it all happened because my baby sister admitted to wanting a spanking. The End This has been Forced by Renee Rose Read for you by Natalia Chanel. All right, we're back. Hey. Hey. How's that? How was it? That was good, right? Was it good for you as it was for us? (laughs) <laughs> that was some good stuff. Um, if you want more Renee Rose, like go check out the Vegas Underground series. Like we told you before, go check out the Wolfridge Academy series. She's giving away paperbacks, uh, three copies of King of Diamonds. So nice. head to readmeromance.com and enter to win. I remember that I was going to tell you we're writing a stripper romance when you were talking about strippers. I was like, oh, I should tell her we're, we're we just finished yesterday writing a stripper book. So Ooh, yeah, it's actually a follow up to the book Thick. So we have. I can't wait to see what the title of this is i feel like it's well we have thick stuffed and filled so (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna do all of those so we just finished filled which was the 
the third book in that kind of series. So uh, they all connect together. But yeah, she's she's uh, she's a hired escort, and she shows up to the wrong room. It's mm-hmm. it. dirty. I have um, a pre-order campaign going on right now. If you go to my social media, you'll see it. Um, if you can, you can enter to um, oh, you can pre-order a copy of Tools of Engagement, mm-hmm. and you'll get a signed copy in the mail when it when it releases. Oh shit, that's cool. Yeah. It's through Word Bookstores uh, in Brooklyn. And so, yeah, go go to Tessa Bailey social medias at Tessa Bailey, <laughs> at, at Tessa Bailey as an author on Instagram or whatever, and you'll see the links for it. Um, but yeah, you can pre-order Tools of Engagement and get a signed copy. So that's pretty cool. Nice. And uh, let me see. What's going on next week on this podcast? I don't know. Anybody? <laughs> so it would be the 1st of August. So yeah. next Friday, we have a release. We have the follow-up um, from Stolen to Remember. It's uh, Stolen to Love or Stolen to Keep? Yes. Okay. That's Friday, August 7th. So next Friday, be on the lookout for that. Okay, cool. And next week on the podcast, we have Emma Castle. Oh, nice. Hot, yeah, sexy contemporary. So uh, get ready for that. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I think. Yeah. Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.